Welcome to Enjoying the Journey with Evangelist Scott Pauling. Today, we are on a journey through Scripture. We hope you'll join us as we make 66 stops through each book of the Word of God. One of my favorite verses in the Old Testament is found in the little book of Zephaniah. When I come to the end of today's episode, I want to share that verse with you because it's encouraged me so very much. It's interesting, but the book of Zephaniah is a much neglected book. For example, what do you know about it? When was the last time you heard anyone preach from the book of Zephaniah? When was the last time you read the book of Zephaniah? Zephaniah's name means hidden of Jehovah. Isn't that beautiful? Not a name we hear often today, but hidden of Jehovah. Oh, with all that's around you today, you are hidden in Christ. And you are hidden by God. You're in the Lord's hand. Zephaniah gives more of his pedigree than any other prophet. We know that he was the great-grandson of the good king Hezekiah. We know that he was a contemporary of Jeremiah. When you read the book, it's interesting, but he is a strong preacher. He's even been referred to as the hellfire and brimstone preacher of the Old Testament. We could use a little more of that kind of bold, thundering forth of God's Word today. And he was one of the last prophets of Judah before the Babylonian captivity. As a matter of fact, his time period fits somewhere between the time of King Josiah and all of his reform and the Babylonian captivity. Now one fascinating thing about that is in all of Zephaniah's preaching and prophecy, he never mentions King Josiah's reform. Why would that be? Well, I believe because the reform of that day was just that. It was reform. It was outward. But there was no inward change. There was no real repentance and revival. And Zephaniah was a spiritual man who could look past all the mechanics and all the morality to the heart and see that something was still missing. You know, in our very religious society, we need to look past all of the church mechanics and all of the religious motions and realize repentance is missing. Revival has not come. We need a deep work of God in our heart. And now the key verse of the book, I'll give you two. The first is chapter 1, verse 4, where Zephaniah writes, God speaking, I will also stretch out mine hand upon Judah and upon all the inhabitants of Jerusalem. And I will cut off the remnant of Baal from this place and the name of the Kimmerims with the priest. The other verse is found near the end of the book, chapter 3, verse 13, where he says, The remnant of Israel shall not do iniquity, nor speak lies, neither shall a deceitful tongue be found in their mouth, for they shall feed and lie down, and none shall make them afraid. Did you notice a word in both verses? It's repeated. It's the word remnant. And there are two different remnants being referred to here. There's a remnant of Baal. Remember, Baal's a false god. So there are followers of a false god. He says, the remnant of Baal will not escape. But there's another remnant. That's the remnant of Israel. Oh, friend, take heart and hope in this today. God always has a people. Even in the most wicked nation, in the most wicked generation, God always has a remnant. And God says the remnant of Baal will be judged, but the remnant of Israel will continue. And so Zephaniah begins his short prophecy by looking first at home. He sees Judah. 
Then he looks around and he, he prophesies against the nations around him. But then he looks ahead. When you come to chapter 3, that's what we're looking at. It's an example of what is called multiple prophecy. He prophesies not only to his own day, but he prophesies of a day of future judgment and restoration, a day yet to come. The theme of the book of Zephaniah is this, judgment brings bitterness and blessing. Now when I say the word judgment, immediately negative things come to your mind, don't they? Because you're thinking, oh, this is bad, this is punishment. And indeed it is. But I remind you that God, who is a God of perfect judgment, uses even that to bring His will to pass. And so judgment is going to bring bitterness in the beginning, but in the end, blessing. Much like the writer of Hebrews saying that the Lord's chastening for the present, for the immediate, is not enjoyable. Oh, but in the long run, it's profitable. And that's really Zephaniah's emphasis in this little book. Now when we think of the phrase, the day of the Lord, we think of the prophet Joel. Remember us studying the little book of Joel? But actually, Zephaniah uses that phrase more than any other prophet. He is speaking about the day of the Lord, the day of judgment that will bring bitterness. That's the extent of judgment. But in the end, it will bring blessing. That's the intent of judgment. Aren't you glad that when the Lord brings His judgment, it is always because He wants to bring us back to Himself? The poet Charles Kingsley once wrote, The day of the Lord is at hand, at hand. Its storms roll up the sky. The nations sleep starving on heaps of gold. All dreams toss and sigh. The night is darkest before the morn. When the pain is sorest, the child is born, and the day of the Lord at hand. You see, the day of the Lord is a new day. It's the dawn of a new season. And so God says, you may be living through the night right now. You may be in travail in your land right now, but I want you to know I'm going to do something. I'm going to change all of this. When the book opens, you see God smiting His people. There's retribution. But when it closes, you see the Lord smiling upon His people. And here is a word of restoration. And now I bring you to the verse that I love. Oh, I do love it. I wish you'd learn it. It's found in Zephaniah chapter 3 and verse number 17. Listen to the verse with your heart. The Lord thy God in the midst of thee is mighty. He will save. He will rejoice over thee with joy. He will rest in His love. He will joy over thee with singing. There's a lot about the Lord in that verse. For example, God's in the midst. Aren't you glad He's in the midst no matter what the circumstances are? And then He's mighty. This is His power. The Bible says He will save. Oh, praise God, He's the Savior. It says something about His love and that's beautiful as well. But listen to this phrase, He will rejoice over thee with joy. He will joy over thee with singing. I wonder, what makes God sing? The one thing that makes God sing is when people come back to Him, when people return to Him and repent of their sin, when they look to Him in faith. Do you remember when the prodigal son came home in Jesus' story? Who rejoiced most? The father did. Oh, he said, kill the fatted calf, bring the best robe and put it on him. He's rejoicing over him. Remember the Lord Jesus said that when one sinner repents, there's rejoicing in the presence of the angels. I've heard lots of people teach that that means the angels rejoice. I don't believe that's what the verse means at all. The angels don't understand redemption. They can't sing this new song. The Bible says it's in the presence of the angels. Well, who's surrounded by angels today? The Father is. Our God of salvation is. And when a 
sinner repents and comes to Christ and is gloriously saved, God sings. When a backslider comes home, God sings. When a believer gets thoroughly right with God, God sings. When a nation repents and sees revival and spiritual awakening, God sings. Wouldn't you like to hear God sing today? Would you like to bring joy to the heart of the God who loves you so much He gave His Son for you? Then look to the Lord today. He's in the midst. He's right where you are at this moment. He knows all about you. He knows you better than you know you. And as surely as in Zephaniah's day, it's true in ours. The God of judgment doesn't just want to bring bitterness. He wants to bring you through that to blessing. He wants a new day to dawn in your life. Look to the Lord who's in the midst of you today. Friend, did you know that the purpose of the Bible is not to know the Bible, the facts, the people, the places, but instead the purpose of the Bible is to know God. Do you know Him? Do you know that God has already done everything necessary for you to know Him? Jesus Christ, God's Son, died on the cross and rose again from the dead to pay for your sin debt. It is our prayer that you will trust Jesus today. If you'd like additional help in your Christian life, be sure to visit our website, scottpauley.org. Among the many resources we have available, we're excited to make available to you a Journey Through Scripture daily Bible reading plan. This will be a tremendous help in our current study. Until next time, may God help you to enjoy the journey.